Hear that? That's the sound of thousands of Cox engineers working around the clock to build a new gig speed network that'll bring us tomorrow's internet. Because whatever the future holds, you'll be ready to power it with Gigablast Internet from Cox. Blog Talk Radio. Truth Seekers, you're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet your questions and comments at A Measure of Truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Ford, and with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at amazureoftruth at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and repost us on Facebook and Twitter. Look, we've got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Catherine Jeter is passionate about community, quality of life for people, and equal access to health care. She's a graduate of the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, where she majored in the field of human service management. Catherine's career includes over 17 years of experience overseeing programs that help counsel and provide outreach education to those who seek assistance with understanding health insurance. Catherine was recognized nationally as a White House Champion of Change, which was part of President Obama's Winning the Future initiative for her work with the Affordable Care Act. She currently serves on the Chattanooga Mayor's Council on Women's Health Care Subcommittee as a co-chair. 
Catherine continues to work with many organizations and communities throughout the region to provide health education and assistance with accessing benefits. She's especially passionate about participation in health care and community development. And her goal is not only to increase understanding of community resources, but to contribute to reducing health disparities among minorities in communities throughout Tennessee. Catherine is a current Democratic candidate running to be the champion of change for individuals and families in District 5 for the Hamilton County Commission. She recently won the Democratic primary election, defeating a 12-year incumbent by 15 votes. Catherine is a proud member of the Mount Canaan Baptist Church, where she currently serves as the lead for health and wellness. Catherine was also selected through the Tennessee Department of Health Office of Minority Health as a faith-based health ambassador. Family is an important aspect of her life, and she's honored to be a single parent of two wonderful sons, Jack and Austin. Catherine Jeter, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm well, really thank excited. you for taking time out. I know the last four or five months have been extremely busy for you, and um, congratulations on winning um, the election. So just tell us a little bit about what you went through for the last few months and um, a little bit about your platform. Oh, wow. Well, yes, I would agree. My, the last four months have been um, very busy, but as I as I tell everybody, it's crazy good busy um, in yeah. a sense that the last four months um, have been life-changing. I made a decision um, through the work that I've done over the years in, in community development and health care, I made a decision to run for um, elected office here in Hamlin County for the um, commission and um, won my May primary and just recently won the August primary and just very excited, um, have been serving now on the commission um, today was my actually my fourth fourth week, um, fourth meeting, and so just really excited about what what has transpired these last few months and the people I've met and and just the work that I will be able to do along with those in District Five and Hamlin County for for change. Well, I, I want to ask you a sort of a complicated question, um, not one that you can't answer, but. Um, I'm sure you had an idea what the job would entail and what you wanted to do. Um, how is it different from what you had perceived before you actually had the opportunity to sit in the seat? Oh, wow. That, that is such a good question, and I thank you for asking me because I think it's an important one. I mean, you know, why I think my campaign was significant um, was for many reasons, but I think one is because I came to this platform with no prior political experience. Um, I, you know, as I tell my story, I'm just a single mother. Um, I've, you know, been gone through divorce. Um, one of my sons, my oldest son, is intellectually disabled. So many of the challenges that um, that I care about and that passionate about and want to help, I've personally gone through those. Um, mm. And and so the perspective that I bring, I guess, is one of of you know. Real realness, if I can say that, is you know looking at the issues from a um, a point of view that I've gone through them. I've been on the ground helping a lot of individuals throughout the region face some of the same challenges. And so now that I'm on this side, I guess of of the of the of the platform, um, I think it's good. I think it helps that I have you know um, kind of had that 
non-political experience and I've had that realness and, and the truth of, of the everyday challenges that people are living. And I think that's why the, the, the word change was so significant to me personally and for my campaign because that's what I seek to bring to the Hamden County Commission um, is, is to, to allow individuals in the public to see that local government is supposed to be relatable. Local government is supposed to be seen as, as a system that's not too far out of reach, that you know, you know your, your elected officials, you can um, communicate with them, they see you for the person and the individual that you are and, and the challenges and the struggles that you're facing every day. And I think that's kind of my uniqueness and what I've, what I've been able to bring. Wow. So, And you've had a heart to serve for quite some time, and I want to talk about that as well, but um, what were there any actual um, challenges you had or things that you went through or witnessed that made you decide or help you in your decision to actually run for a county commissioner? Yeah, so through, through 17 years of working in, in the community and primarily helping individuals, I've served in, in several capacities of basically being a navigator and helping individuals um, kind of navigate health insurance option, options, um, whether that was local, you know, options or state or federal options. So, you know, that included working with uh, Medicaid, Medicare, and then most recently, um, the last five years, the Affordable Care Act. And in that work, I always had to pay attention and know the, the ins and outs of, of what's happening at, at a national or federal level. Um, but when, when individuals in, 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 in the county, the area that I serve was both urban and rural. So if you have any knowledge about um, urban and rural um, um, situations, then you know there's a significant difference between those two two entities. And so as I was helping folks, it started. I just started looking at and really seeing that the individuals that were coming to me for me to help either educate them and or enroll them in health insurance options, before we could even get to insurance, I was listening to things such as problems with maintaining a job or the lack of jobs in their area, problems with the education system, problems that they were having on a mm. daily basis raising their mm. children, problems mm. with their not being um, nutrition or food um, options. So all these local things that were, that were kept coming up, those were the things that I kept seeing. And it just made me stop to say, you know, wait a minute, you know, yes, what I'm doing is important and, and it matters for me to pay attention at a national or federal level, but really the, the true cusp of it is at the local. And I just started watching locally kind of how our local city and county government was operating, listening to things that were said and not said. And um, it, it just, I guess, left me very disappointed. And mm -hmm. um, I attended, actually what, what made the decision for me is I attended a training that was held by a group of, of women who were starting kind of a movement to help women um, run for an elected office. And I went to this training at a request of a friend, and in that training I looked around and there was no one that looked like me. And that's what mm. did it. That's, mm. that's what made me say, okay, why not me? I need to be at that table. Wow. 
you know, your story just really helps me to see that you're probably the most organically grown politician I've ever had a chance to communicate with because it was those face-to-face communications with people that help you to understand um, their real-life struggles, even beyond what you were initially helping them with. And it, it brought yeah. you to the point where you felt that you needed to do something about it, which, which is fantastic because I believe that a lot more young people ought to take um, their efforts and not just, you know, hold up a sign and protest, but move forward, get someplace where mm-hmm. they can make a difference instead of trying to change someone's mind, be that mind to change. Yeah, I agree. And that's, and that's, again, one of the, I think the blessings, and I think there's, my campaign and me serving on the commission, I think there's going to be many blessings that come from it, but that is one personally from me that I hope is that what I have done sends sends the message primarily to women um, and especially young, young ladies, but for anyone that, you know, what we think of politics being that you have to have been birthed from that cloth, you have to, you know, be polished, I guess, to, to serve in that capacity is not true, um, that you can, can be a person like me um, working in the community, um, wanting to make that change, and, and just having that, that um, I guess, that, that belief in yourself to, to say that you can do this and then just, you know, like you said, just go ahead and, and do it. Before you um, took on this assignment, what was your prior um, work? What was your profession then? Working as a navigator, um, I was employed with a nonprofit here in Tennessee out of Middle Tennessee and Nashville, and I served Mm -hmm. as the lead navigator for the southeast region so that, again, that urban and rural um, um, comes into play. And I basically helped individuals navigate their health insurance. And also with that work, you know, that's where I guess my, my knowledge and my experience with community development comes in because, I have to work and be knowledgeable so much about the local services that are offered or the lack of local services um, mm-hmm. and and in that able to to be able to help the community more um so that's kind of and I still do that i mean my my life as you stated has changed the last right, few months, right. but I still help individuals in that capacity you know and the the major challenge in that is medicare medicaid marketplace all of these programs that you help people to understand they're very complicated so how is it that you simplify these things and um get past the hurdles where people you know once they understand the process they they can see that it's not really working for them it's working against them in some ways how how do you make that how they can make it work for them and the importance of you know doing just that I, for me, it started I, when my, my my very first kind of career uh, position or job after graduating um, from the University of Tennessee of Chattanooga was with a nonprofit here in Chattanooga, um, serving as a as a coordinator in public housing. And boy, did that really open my eyes to the, mm. not only the difference of my upbringing, but just the reality that people are living. Um, and and that position led me to take a position with the Area Agency on Aging and Disability where I served as the coordinator for the Medicare program. And mm-hmm. in that work, because it was the Medicare program and because that program was specifically helping older adults and those with disabilities, 
and, and keep in mind I'm a mother of a disabled young man, it, it made me to, again, always recognize the reality that they're living. And I think the other part of it is my, my faith and, and, and my servant heart is, I, you know, I treat people and even how I, I talk to people and explain things, I treat them as I would want to be treated. And so with that, I knew I wouldn't want somebody coming at me and, and spitting all these acronyms and, you know, big words, and it wasn't going to help me at all. And so I always um, approach the work that I did both with Medicare and, and Medicaid as well as the ACA in that regard is, you know, really seeing the person um, where they at, um, listening. I think can't say enough about that. Really listening to their story, um, and then just tailoring my my message and my education points around that. And every time that I've I've sat in front of somebody, that has always served me well, and it has helped them. Well, that's great, and um, it's amazing how often. Um, we find people in the church who find another outlet, even beyond the work that they do, which is probably a lot more than most people do. I'm working for the church. I work for the church myself, and um, it, it can be very, very um, time-consuming and involved. But, um, you know, I, I don't know where I get the energy, but I, I know that the work that I do matters, and it helps mm-hmm. the ministries. And and those are the driving forces that kind of keep me going in this. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about you as well as uh, and, and your church. And you're the lead for health and wellness. Um, what are some of the things that your church offers as well? Um, Mount Canaan Baptist Church, is it? Correct, Mount Canaan Baptist Church. Um, and and I have to you know speak of because it's it's the people. In, in, everything that I do and in, 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 in everything that I stand for is because of um, wonderful people that um, God has blessed in my life, and, and that's a host of people from my mother and, and you know, um, immediate family. But I have to say that, you know, within the church is having um, a very strong and true leadership um, from, from my pastor, Pastor Tanae Jordan, um, under his guidance and the vision that God has given me, that has that has kind of propelled the work that has been done um, within or around health and wellness. So some of the things, his mindset is, you know, ministry ministry is great within the church, within the four walls, but ministry truly is about impacting and affecting lives outside the four walls. And mm-hmm. That's the way that we, the health and wellness ministry team, and it's just not myself, it's many other individuals, that's the way we, we, we tackle that. We, any programs and initiatives that come to our minds or individuals in the community come to us, we for foremost, you know, want it to be that it's going to impact and affect the community um, at large. And so we've had programs, you, t- you know, obesity, nutrition, um, the, the high chronic high conditions like, you know, high blood pressure, diabetes, cancer, we've done all of those. One of the most significant things we've done was we were able to develop a program, an initiative called It Matters Wellness. And Mm. and in that, it's basically to connect individuals to the resources that are already existing in the community. What we found at Mount Canaan was is people would come to the person or uh, persons that they trust, 
and typically that was myself and, and the other co-lead with Health and Wellness, and we knew that there were already existing programs, so we didn't want to reinvent the wheel and create an, another dupe or duplicate another service. So we were like, we need to just connect them. And the other thing we found out is people don't want to take this health and wellness journey, so to speak, by themselves. And many times, if you find in the community, you have a lot of single-parent households, you have a lot of older adults that live alone, um, you just have a different makeup. And so we knew that it was important that within that It Matters initiative that we develop the, the strong support system to, again, see people where they're at, um, meet them where they're at, and then walk the journey with them. So we, you know, we have individuals that are able to do walking groups together, take classes together, uh, 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 an array of different things. But that's one of um, our most recent initiatives that we're very excited about. No, that's great. That's great. And and Catherine, you were also recognized nationally as a White House champion of change, which was part of President Obama's Winning the Future initiative. Um, so tell us a little bit about how they found out about your work as well as um, what did that entail afterward? Oh, wow. Yeah, I, every time I hear that, I just smile, and I smile just because <laughs> it was such an honor um, until this day, I still can't believe that um, that I was blessed to 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 to, to bestow that honor to. Um, so how that came about was when I was employed with the Air Agency on Aging and Disability and, and working primarily um, with the Medicare program. It actually was not a local person or organization that recommended me. It was the National Council on Aging in D.C. Oh, that. Wow. Um, recognized the work that I was doing around Medicare um, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always, in anything that I, I kind of work with, I always look at it, how do, we, how do we make this better? You know, really think outside the box, be creative. Um, and one of the things that I did with the Medicare program was host a local radio show, uh, Medicare Connection, on a local gospel show here. And that show just blew up. I mean, people were very appreciative. The information that I covered on there was the same way that if you, you met with me on in, in person one-on-one, um, and it really reached a lot of people. And the National Council on Aging saw that and heard about it, and they were the ones that submitted my name for that mm-hmm. honor. And <laughs> I got the call one day, and I got an email one day at work, and, and it came in the White House kind of format, and I'm like, is this a spam or a hoax? Like, how did I get this? And I went around the corner to my um, one of my, my friends, and I showed it to her, and we just kind of, like, looked at each other, and it was like, oh, my word, this is real. And then I just started bawling. I just started crying, and, mm-hmm. um, again, just that was one of those life-changing moments that, you know, that your work that you do on a local level can be recognized at that at that high level, um, and and it for to be with President Obama truly meant a lot. So you actually did you get a chance to meet him as well? No, oh my gosh, oh. no. So we actually <laughs> the previous year he was there, I guess, kind of the keynote speaker um, uh-huh. for the uh, for that for that. And but this year, um, that that particular year, he was not able to. But um, I was able to meet at the time Secretary uh, Kathleen Sebelius, which again, oh, okay. that that mm-hmm. in itself was. I mean, if you if I couldn't meet President Obama, then 
then yes, I would have wanted to meet Secretary Sebelius, and so she she was a delight to to meet and talk with. Wow, that's great, great. And um, was that here in Washington D.C., or did they actually meet with you there? No, it was there at Washington D.C. It was there. Oh, we okay. we uh, yes, flew out there and spent a few days um, with them, and and um, as well as the other. And that and and besides that, just you know, just the whole experience. But I, the other kind of blessing from that um, is meeting the other champions and hearing the, the great work that they were doing around the ACA. Just let me know that, you know, there's other kind of soldiers on the field, so to speak, that's out here doing, you know, doing good like I am here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. No, oh, that's great. And um, part of the work that you did was um, contribute to reducing health disparities among minorities and communities throughout Tennessee. Um, talk mm-hmm. about some of those disparities and how they affect um, the African-American and also um, people who are um, living under the poverty line. Yeah, so with the, the work with the health disparities it mainly came, comes out of the work that, that I do with the church, but it overlaps with my kind of every day-to-day um, work with, with the insurance and navigating um, community benefits. Um, when our church, a previous location, um, is in a particular zip code where there's very, very few to no, no resources. When you talk about food deserts, you talk about, you know, very – almost no jobs within that that zip code. You talk about, you know, housing and the the increase in in housing prices and property tax. Um, You talk about crime. You talk about the education systems, the schools in that zip code are are low-performing schools. When you talk about all these things, that's what we were seeing there in that particular zip code. And so, again, with the work with the health and wellness, we we always – Anything that came to mind in terms of what will we do, that we first looked and, and always kept in mind the people that we're serving. Um, so we try to always tailor any any initiative, any activity, small or big, around those kind of health disparities, whether it be, you know, primarily health-related, but even when it comes to education prop, uh, programs where we partner with um, local agencies or the school system, and even, you know, economic development, we always kind of target it that way. The health disparities are huge. I mean, you know, high blood pressure, obesity, cancer, um, even infant mortality are all major ones that we we continue to work at. And to kind of give you an example, there was uh, an initiative, the the local health department did initial, um, an, 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 an initiative, excuse me, around tobacco sensation. And so they heard of the work that we've done in Mount Canaan in the community and came to us and said, hey, we want to do this and, you know, we need your help. And what we appreciated about it is, you know, the health department serves under the local county government, but that they recognized that they needed a faith-based entity to help them tackle this issue. And I think that's the key that we bring is that if we're going to really make the change we can no longer remain siloed in our work as a community. We have to unite together, and I think churches have to be at the table in, 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 that, in that circle. And so they came to us. We, again, tackled it as we always tackled. We thought creatively. We thought outside the box. 
And we actually went into daycare centers, and the reason why the, the, that initiative was successful is because many times, and, and we, we always tell organizations we work with, is that especially in, in minority communities and in, in the zip code area that we, are, that we work in, it's predominantly African-American, single mothers, led households, older adults, um, is that in those communities, trust is big. Trust is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, if, yeah. if you're going to really yeah. tackle and make changes, they've got to first trust you. And sometimes yeah. that trust means that they got to see people that look like them, talk like them, walk like them, and sort of speak. So we were able to go into these daycare facilities where we represented through our partnership the local health department but why people, I guess, opened up to, to this project was it wasn't here the local government coming into our facility or, you know, having me sit in front of another lecture that this person does, does not look like me, doesn't talk like me, that we did it. And, I mean, oh, my gosh, people were so appreciative, um, and it was, it was a very successful program. So those are the kind of things around health disparities that we try to um, – um, look at and, and try to tackle it that way. Now, Catherine, you won your election by 15 votes, and, and you pretty much laid it out for me how you did it. Um, a lot of people may have missed it, but you were out in the community in so many different ways, one-on-one with people, and you had a reputation for helping and, you know, helping mm-hmm. seed and things that they may have been stuck in. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about how important it is to bring more and more people like you into the the system and, you know, how important it is for your vote to count and for you to do the research and to really hear what people are saying as they get on that platform. Yeah, I I think, you know, 15, boy, that's going to be, that's going to be a magical number for, for here and forevermore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, you know, I, the, the thing about my campaign was truly the, the, the grassroots. It was the everyday meeting mm-hmm. folks, knocking mm-hmm. on doors, phone calls being made. But, but, but I tell people it's not just the campaign. That, that should be a, a given all the time. You know, po- politicians, and I always kind of now people say, oh, you're a politician. I'm like, no, I'm a servant. You know, like I don't look at, at this political experience as a political experience. I look at it that, you know, God just basically elevated me to another level to do to do service, to be a servant to the, the individuals in District 5 in Hamlin County. And, and, and if you're in that work that way, then, you know, what we did during the campaign will, will continue forever. I mean, the, the, you know, we, we can't. In my view, you can't, you know, serve in this capacity and knock doors during a campaign and then no longer be visible, no longer meet the people, no longer be willing to listen and, and work hand and side by side with people. Um, so that's what I did prior to me ever thinking about running. Um, that's what I did during the campaign, and that's what I will continue as long as I'm, I'm breathing. <laughs> Now, when you first decided to run, did you ever doubt your decision? Did you ever think, oh, maybe not, maybe, maybe I'll just keep doing what I do? And 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 people are going. To, my my answer to that question is no. And I know as people listen, they're going to be like, yeah, really. And I really say, I really am, am strong on that no. And the reason why is because um, 
I didn't go into this like one day I woke up and said, let me run. You know, I really, it was actually two years prior to me deciding, um, and I had a couple of people, close friends in the in the community that kept saying for many years, many, many years, Kathleen, you need to run. And I'm like, oh, you're crazy. No, not for me. Um, mm. And it was two years ago where a good friend stopped me and said, would you please think about it? And I left that conversation saying, okay, God, if this is what you would have for me, then it has to be your way, your time. And I honestly left that that prayer on that parking lot and, and did not think twice about it and actually thought God probably didn't even hear my prayer. Um, and two years later, I, again, went to that went to that training, and that's where, that you know, I, I guess the spirit of God just said, this, you, this has to be you. And he opened all the doors. He opened every door that had to be opened for the good of, of my campaign and my message and for District 5. He opened that. Um, and so there was never no point where I thought, oh, my gosh, what have I done? Um, because I, the decision was he made it. Um, and, and in anything that he does in my life, I don't doubt and I don't question. And so I'm thankful that my, I can say for me personally that that's how it happened. I know for many times it doesn't. Now, I won't say it was easy. It was not easy. Um, we had many challenges um, along the campaign. But even in those challenges, I embraced them, you know, I embraced them with my team. We tackled them um, and we kept moving. And the end result was the people spoke and here I am. Wow, that's great. And this was your first um, political race? First time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very few people can even just say that, that they won their first time out. But um, and as I you think said, other, God's hand was in it. Yeah, and I think the other, the th- not only just my first time, but I was very strategic in who, I knew I needed a team, and and I was very strategic in who, that team needed to to include, and um, mm-hmm. no no disregard to men, but I really knew that this this at a season right now with what's happening on a much larger scale nationally, I knew mm-hmm. that that locally we had to make a, we had to send a message, we had to to show mm-hmm. um, the change that I was saying that I wanted to bring. And in that, I started with my team and who who I was going to surround myself with and work with for those few months. And so I selected um, seven dynamic women. Um, two of them were are my sisters. I'm the only child, and they're my best friends, and I call them my sisters. Two of them are, are those individuals, and then the other um, the other uh, four were just dynamic women that I have met and worked with in the community. And and what's so ironic but so powerful is none of those ladies also had political experience. So here you have a candidate running first time, no political experience, but she surrounds herself, her team is women with no political experience. And it's also, I think at the beginning we had, as we were meeting people, some of the political minds here, the powerful political minds locally were kind of laughing at us like, you guys mm-hmm. don't have no experience? You don't have nobody on your team that, that knows anything? And we were like, really? nope, we're going to figure this out. And we did. <laughs> wow. And, and, you know, because of that, you guys probably took a different approach to campaigning that 
um, someone who's well-seasoned may have taken as well. And working with yeah. what you had to work with and your um, impact on the community and your visibility in the community, I- I'm sure it's textbook now. Um, this is something that you'd probably want to hold on to as far as your um, your strategy and how you all made it happen um, because, it, you know, it's something that works. And it shows that, yeah. you know, you know, the most important thing is the people and you're willing to serve the people above and beyond, um, you know, political connections and whatever uh, status you may have in the community. And I think it's also being authentic. You know, I think that's what the, another another blessing of this campaign was, you know, not only myself, but the women that were that were on my team, we were authentic. We were authentic in who we were. Uh, the the seven of us are very different women. Um, you know what what unites us is those similarities. But we even during the campaign, there were many times where we were like, oh, okay, that's how you think, you know. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but that's good. And I think we each mm-hmm. of them owns that. Uh, we recognize that. And I think that's what the the overall community experienced and and saw was that. You know, here is here is a team of people and a candidate, again, that's relatable. I can't say that enough. I think for me and how I viewed politics or elected officials, many times is you have you leave wondering, are they real? You know, like what are they seeing? What are they thinking? Why are they thinking that way? Um and and I and and I think that's what I hopefully can show different. Um, is is that relatability piece? I want people. We don't. We may not have to come from the same experiences in the same communities, but I want people to see the realness and the relatability that I'm just. I'm just as human as you are. I have my struggles every day. You know, I have struggles personally and my family and financially and 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 all those. Um, and that's how if if I see you and you see me, then we work together to make the change. All right, I've got another one of those deep probing questions for you. <laughs> You're going to just have um, to tell okay. us a story to answer this one, but I just want you, you know, after all the hard work is said and done, take us back to that night where you actually were sitting waiting for those votes to be counted, and then you found out that you won. Just tell us that all about it. Oh, wow. And I hope I, I hope I don't cry because every time that I think about it or talk about it, um, mm. tears and tears are forming right now, um, tears come because that it was, we, you know, we invited, my, of course, my immediate family and I'm the only child and I lost both my parents. Um, mm. And so not mm. having them there um, that night, I thought a lot about my mother and but having my my two boys and my immediate family, my aunts, my uncles, and some of my cousins, my team, and then my church family. My church family has just been a godsend. Um, and so the room was filled with 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 us. And they were. I remember being told by my campaign manager. Um, she's like, Kathleen, I want. She said, I don't, I want to prepare you. I don't want you to go into this not. Again, knowing you know the, the the whole truth and everything that could transpire, she's like, but it's close. The votes are coming in, it's very close. A couple of things, either we may not we may not win, or the votes will be so close where we may not know the results tonight. So I go back in the room, kind of thinking about what she just told me, and I'm talking and meeting with folks and trying not to to think about it. 
And then all of a sudden the room just started, people in the room was like, she won. We won. And I turned around and I was like, we won? And it wasn't until I looked at one of my sisters, one of my best friends, and she was, tears were just flowing down her face. She didn't care about her makeup or mascara or nothing. (laughs) And that's when I knew, oh, my gosh, I just won. We just won. And I just I just cried, everybody. It was just it's a moment I will never forget, the feeling to know that, again, that that people saw me, people see me, um, mm-hmm. and that they, 15 people, as well as the other many voters that voted for me, that they, they recognize the work that, that can be done with me helping them and, and them helping with me. Um, and I think that's what stood out the most to me that night is that um, it, it wasn't me that did anything, but it was the whole process and more so that the voters, voters came out. That's what our d- democracy is supposed to be. Um, and that's what I felt that night the most. Wow. That, that is amazing. Um, as good as I thought it would be. And, um, you know, often people who are helpers, um, they they forget to ask for help themselves, and I, I know that you have a lot of things that you'd like to do, and I, I want you to just take a minute to talk to your community and the people that can actually, you know, put boots to the ground and give a helping hand to some of the things that you need to do. What do you need from people at this point to help you to continue to serve? I think the the biggest thing is, um, you know, being now that I that I and I'm, and I'm just still newly elected, so I I haven't served as many of my colleagues on the commission or any other elected official, whether that be local, state, or nationally. Um, is I heard I heard um, a person um, recently say, you know, it's not easy to do this. And and at first I really didn't know what that meant, but now I do because I'm on that side. And it's not, you know, to mm-hmm. before I I was out in the community because it was my ministry or it was my work. So you know, the the people knew me in the community, but this is a different this is a different scale of knowing Kathleen Jeter. Um, and to put yourself out in that capacity. Um, is not easy, and even more so, I, it's not even about the person. It's about their family. You know, um, mm-hmm. as elected officials, we run, but we run being married, so we have a spouse. We run being parents, so we have kids. So they are just as much on this platform as I am. And so, you know, to have my boys um, be a part of this process is such a joy and honor. But it's also one as a parent that I always, every day, rec- I get up recognizing because um, it, it it means you know, it means a lot to me that they um, are safe and protected. So I guess I would ask people to to number one recognize this is not easy to put for us to have put ourselves out there. Is it doable? Yes. Do I want more people to to see what I've done and and get empowered to do it? Yes. Um, but but just be respectful. Be respectful in, in what you say and what you don't say. Um, and then the other thing is just be involved. I think that's the biggest message is you may not, people may hear my story and may see my journey and say, you know, that's not what God has for me or that's not where I'm at in my life. But what this process has taught me and my team members is that there is 
something all of us can do when it comes to being civically engaged, whether that's stepping up to run as an elected official, whether that's working on a campaign, whether that's just being a voice um, in your home, in your, on your job, in, in the schools or wherever you, wherever you um, touch is, is being that voice. And then the last thing is vote. Um, you know, I can't say enough is that the change that we seek has to start and end with our vote. It, it does. I mean, if we're not voting, you're not at the table. And to be at the table, you got to vote. And to be and to vote, you got to know what you're voting for, who you're voting for, um, the messages, all of those things. So that's what I hope that everyone gets out of out of my my journey and my and my testimony. Wow, that's great. Well, you know, as your journey continues, I hope you'll come back. Um, if there's ever anything. Um, special topic of discussion or the word out that you'd like to get. Uh, we'd love to have you back on. It's great hearing stories like this. And, um, you know, everything about it to me sounds just, it's just, it happened the way it should have. And you don't always get yeah. that. So, you know, you kind yeah. of cherish these stories and these situations where God has shown his hand and, and you can see him working through um, mm-hmm. someone out there. And um, it's just a great story. It's phenomenal. And uh, I was very excited, you know, uh, just to be able to have you on just because of the backstory of what you went through and what you've achieved. Well, thank you so much. And I, and I, and I thank and appreciate um, the opportunities like this because, again, you know, as under, my, under my pastor's leadership, what I'm always reminded is that the work I'm doing is not about me. It's for the greater good. And so you, you, many times we don't want to share our stories and many times we don't want to, you know, be on a radio or go on TV. But, you know, sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it's required um, because I think many times, and especially for women, that, again, I was lucky enough to say, you know, God put that in me to run. But many times we have to, in order to be it, we have to see it, Right. Um, and so if we're not out here doing a, a, a radio interview like this, then people can't see it, so they can't be it. And so I appreciate the platform and the opportunity that you provide, not only to me, but many of your other guests. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And um, we're looking forward to greater things from you. And, um, you know, we, we're praying for you and wishing you the best in your career. I'm sure this is only the beginning. And, uh, again, we thank you for taking time out to join us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly it was an honor. Today is just another day for most of us, but yesterday, millions of exceptional, brilliant people decided that they were going to do something this day that would change their lives for the better and potentially the lives of hundreds more. Some even awoke with an unheard of sense of determination, focus, and vision, ready to leap forward and make that big change in their lives. In reality, most awoke pretty much the same way as most of us with today's office grind, tasks, checklists, calendars, and chores for the day as their primary concern. Sadly, some forgot yesterday's decision when they awoke, and others were just too afraid to try, and some just too stubborn to change, and many who forgot that tomorrow is not promised did not make it to see the sunrise today. I can't emphasize this enough. 
There is no time like the present. Whatever you want for your tomorrow, the effort has to start today. Better yet, right now. God has embedded in us a will and life purpose. We may succeed at any number of things, but this is the one thing that we can be assured to be much bigger than ourselves. It is our opportunity to accomplish the amazing, touch the lives of a multitude of people, and leave this world that we live in a much better place due to our efforts. Yeah, but first we have to take action. Take bold steps to crush our fear with confidence, destroy our insecurity with intense determination, and implement a decisive plan that will turn obstacles into minor adjustments and defeat into monuments of mistakes that we will never make again, all because of the wisdom we obtained that special day. You know what? There is no stopping people who truly care about the lives of others. I would dare say that they are invincible because nothing can destroy the human spirit. Why is it that I feature nonprofits and charities on my show so often? It's not just because that they are awesome and a rare breed of individuals. It's because they selflessly do the work that matters because others won't. And just because it's the right thing to do. How huge is that? But they do need your help. They first need you to be informed and aware. And I think we've taken care of that. Next, they need you to take action. Become a part of this solution. Or is today just another day? You already did something great today. You woke up this morning. The question is, who will you be today? Take a close look. Therein lies a measure of truth. Today. Have you ever thought about today? What happened today? What's going to happen today? Important of today. Today you might not be here.
Wow, that was Jim Stones with Today. Look him up on SoundCloud. Boy, amazing, amazing artist and a fantastic message. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Special thanks to our producers, Donna Hardiman and Doris Shropshire. Well, before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals, open to everyone. Sally Beauty. Hear that? That's the sound of thousands of Cox engineers working around the clock to build a new gig speed network that'll bring us tomorrow's internet. Because whatever the future holds, you'll be ready to power it with Gigablast Internet from Cox.